I think one of the most famous and well-known representations of bees is Jerry Steinfeld's portrayal of Barry B. Manson, a talking bee from Bee Movie. Barry is a passionate, exciting bee who, despite all known laws of aviation, uses his wings to get his fat little body off the ground and collect pollen for his hive. It's humorous scenes aside, even this animated movie focuses on the role of bees mostly as just makers of honey. In the movie, Barry, the atypical honeybee, ventures out into the world and brings all of humanity to court for exploiting honeybees for their honey, and somehow wins against all odds. But as the honeybees stop pollinating, a devastating blow was seen in their natural environment. This, unfortunately, was a somewhat accurate representation of the importance of bees to our ecosystem. But unlike the fictional world of bee movie, there are so many other bees that need our help besides just the classic fluffy black and yellow honeybees that most of us are familiar with. In Canada alone, we have over 800 different native bee species ranging from bright green to completely hairless. And they all need our help. I'm Thanishwari Rajendran and welcome back to On the Sidelines. Joining us on the sidelines today to talk about native bees and their roles as pollinators is Sam, a University of Guelph graduate student studying pollinator conservation and a Science for Everyone researcher. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Thanks for having me. So when we think about bees, like the classical bees, we always think about the black and yellow honeybees, and they're usually the first one that pops out in most people's mind, thanks to the likes of Jerry Seinfeld and like movies and media in general. So what other kinds of bees or other native pollinators do we have in Canada that people might not be aware of besides these classical honeybees? Yes, I definitely have some beef with Jerry Seinfeld in the bee movie, but we can talk about that later. Um, What other kinds of bees do we have in Canada? There's tons. So you're definitely right that honeybees have monopolized the media and also the scientific research. And the crazy thing is that they aren't actually native to Canada. In fact, they're actually a managed species likened to livestock. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of attention put on them. But in the meantime, there's over 800 species of actually native bees in Canada that look a lot different from what you might expect. We have like amazing metallic green sweat bees, these gorgeous little dull blue mason bees that I'm obsessed with, um, some really cool leaf cutting bees, um, and they all collect pollen, some in different ways, like the leaf cutting bees collected on their stomachs instead of their legs. Um, honestly, there's just too many to name, um, but oh a lot God. of them, yeah, a lot of them actually get mistaken for wasps or hornets and are killed or they're not recognized as important pollinators when they really are. So that's something I'm super passionate about is just raising more awareness for those native pollinators. No, that is so cool. I didn't, when I picture a bee again, like I didn't know we have metallic bees. That's so cool. Like I'm just imagining like a band with like different variations of what native bees are out there, like a metallic one, a hairless one from what I heard as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, They're all really cool, really amazing and beautiful. So I would definitely encourage people to look into that because I think that they'll be surprised by how many we have in Canada. So 
these native bees, despite their appearance, what are their roles in like our environment here in Canada as well? Um, so they have a similar roles to honeybee. They're really great at pollinating and that's sort of their main function. Um, a lot of them have specific specializations for specific crops, um, which makes them really good at pollinating those specific crops. Um, and yeah, th that's sort of their main role in the ecosystem. Some of them can also be used for pest control and things like that. But mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, just, uh, yeah, really important for our pollinating and also as a food source for other um, predators. No, that sounds really cool. It's almost like you need native bees because of like the native crops that exist here in Canada. And if you take away that mediator, you're losing a food source. But it, other than that, it sounds like it's also like a biological like pest repellent as well. It can oh. be. Yeah, there's a lot of wasps are really good for pest control and even some flies as well. So I, I always encourage people not to hate on any of the insects, especially wasps and hornets, because I know they get a bad rep. But um, yeah, we it's really intricate, our ecosystem. And so anytime that you remove or bring in new insects, kind of like the honeybee was brought in, it does disrupt the native species. Moving on to like the next question I have here that I'm very curious about, especially after watching like the bee movie. I just wanted to know, is the bee movie more or less accurate in the idea that if pollinators stop pollinating, everything in that ecosystem would die? Um, it's definitely like a movie version of what would happen, I guess. So it's super exaggerated. There are some plants that don't actually need insects help in pollinating, self-pollinating plants or plants that can be pollinated via wind or other things. Um, so those plants would be able to continue being used for crops, but our food options would drastically reduce for sure. I know in the movie, like all the plants turned gray and shriveled overnight yeah. and it was very sad. Um, but that wouldn't necessarily be the way it actually happens. Um, but think of things like berries and almonds and cucumbers and melons and squash. Those are all foods that um, do rely on pollination. So mm -hmm. um, I kind of imagine it as basically if imagine if one in every three bites of food you take disappears, essentially. Um, so oh. so it is a lot. It's a lot of our crops and this would make it harder to feed everyone on this planet. And it would also make it harder to obtain critical nutrients. Um but not just the agricultural impact, there's also just like huge e ecosystem impacts, like the animals that eat bees would die off. And then the animals um, that eat those animals would die off. And yeah, our ecosystems are all in interconnected in ways we don't understand. So we would have drastic and lasting impacts. So a follow up to all these kind of media attention that bees get is that we have seen some campaigns pop up about saving the bees in recent years. And some of these campaigns do focus on the honeybees alone. So is there any scientific like consensus about whether or not this is a good idea? Mm -hmm. um, so this is a bit of like a controversial maybe topic in the science community because of course honeybees i mean i don't want to rag on them too much because they are absolutely critical in our food systems as it stands um sort of the reason why they're critical is because we've made them critical so there's a bit of a um mm -hmm. an issue there but and they are facing a lot of um challenges right now so honeybees are dying off in large amounts over the winter there's a lot of pests that are predominantly um harmful to honeybees but on the flip side of that um we they are livestock it would be kind of like saying we need to save the dairy cows when we're the ones raising them and transporting them and managing them 
So it's almost like a, not a microscopic, but like a smaller version of what we see, like a normal dairy or chicken farm. Yeah. So we have them managed in hives. We transport them to different locations so they can pollinate and we rent them out to farmers at really high costs to help with their pollination needs. And ideally in my head, in my world, I would love to see us actually improving our landscape designs. Um, and having less intensive farming, less monoculture, so that our native bee species could thrive and we wouldn't need to rely on honeybees so much because, I don't know, it's kind of dangerous to rely on one species for basically all of our food production. Um, That's true, because once that species is gone, it's like, oh no, what are we going to do exactly. now? Really? So, you know, they're out-competing our native species for food re resources and they're also facing a lot of challenges, so we are directly facing those challenges as well. Um, so I think it's a really important to be helping all of our native pollinators so that we can not only increase the strength of the seed quality, the yield, but it also re reduces our risks of food insecurity to rely on a more diverse group. My final question to you is that now that we understand more about these native species that we have here and their importance to our natural ecosystem in Canada and around the world, how can we actually preserve and protect these native species? That's a great, great question. Um, I think the best thing you can do to start out is to educate yourself and to share that knowledge with others. I think that's like the best thing. There's an amazing book that I read when I first started learning about bees called The Bees in Your Backyard um, by Joseph Wilson and Olivia Messenger Carroll, I think is the name. Um, but it has like gorgeous illustrations. It's sort of like a coffee, coffee table style book where you can see the diversity of bees in North America. Mm -hmm. That's a really good place to start. And then once you can recognize what different bees look like, you'll start noticing them, which is a cool thing to be able to do out in the wild. Yeah, I find that too with like most ecology related courses or just like learning about your ecosystem. As long as you have a picture and you see it in the wild, it's like, oh my God, it really exists. It's out there. I feel like that sparks more curiosity. For as sure. Well. And definitely like teaching kids about it too, because that's like a really good thing. My niece... Um, Recently, we were at a birthday party and the other kids were yelling about wasps and were swatting them away. And my niece was like, those are important pollinators. Um, and, and we wouldn't have apples <laughs> without them. And I was like, you know what? Not 100%, Aww. but I love, I love the energy. It's yeah, I love the energy. Um, <laughs> I think other things you can do that I recommend to people is to start planting native wildflowers in your yard. So focusing on actual native plants rather than or like um, more, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of, like aesthetic plants that aren't actually from here that don't benefit our native species um and like kind of reducing your yard space uh so there's not as much mowed grass and monocultured grass and having like a variety of different um habitat types so there's actually a lot of we didn't really touch on this a, bu a bunch but there most bees aren't actually living communally in hives like honeybees most are living solitarily in ground nests or in cavities um oh I didn't know that. I, most people don't, so don't beat yourself up. <laughs> uh, it's a little <laughs> known fact. But they need things like debris and undisturbed soil and um, and things like that to live in. So I suggest leaving areas untouched, um, like rotting logs, leaf litter, undisturbed soil, all that stuff in your backyard. I, I suggest not clearing it too early or... Yeah, um, just yeah. having like a bit of nature in yes, your backyard exactly. from where you live and come from, honestly. Sure. that's that's a big thing. So those are my suggestions. Thanks, Sam. And thank you again for tuning in and remember to subscribe for more conversations and more insightful answers to your questions about the science impacting your world. 
If you want to learn more about native bees, pollination, or any of the other topics we talked about on this show, visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok at SciForEveryone and our website at www.scienceforeveryone.ca. On the Sidelines is a podcast by Science for Everyone. It's produced by Sam Marchetti, Connor McLean, June Kim, Taneshwari Rajendran, and Cheryl Nguyen. On the Sidelines is sponsored by the University of Toronto's Student Engagement Grant.